Blog Talk Radio. Hi, my name is Nick from the Marlins Catch Podcast. Make sure to follow us at Marlins Catch on Twitter and Instagram. For more Marlins content, check out our website at themarlinscatch.com. The Marlins Catch Podcast is sponsored by the Baseball Podcast Network. And you can follow the Baseball Podcast Network on following platforms. Instagram, Baseball Podcast Net. Twitter, Baseball Podcast One, without the T. YouTube and SoundCloud at Baseball Podcast Network. You can listen to the Marlins Catch Podcast live on blogtalkradio.com or download the Marlins Catch Podcast on Apple Podcasts. Enjoy the show. Gracias. What's going on, guys, and welcome back to the Marlins Catch Podcast. I am Marlins underscore news, a.k.a. Nick, joined here by Barry. Barry, come on in. Hey, welcome to the show, everyone, and we've got an exciting show for you. So uh, go ahead, Nick, uh, introduce our our, our guest, uh, uh, Trevor Rogers, and we're going to be very happy to speak with him today. Actually, so you know, I met him yesterday, uh, Saturday at FanFest. And uh, he's a great guy. Um, we took a picture together. And uh, I'll tell you what, I'm six one. He made me look tiny. He towered over me, my friend. <laughs> yes, sir. So, uh, yeah, without further ado, we're going to introduce former first-round pick, Trevor Rogers. Trevor Rogers, come on in. Hey, guys. How's it going? What's going on, Trevor? Glad to have you on here today. Nice to talk to you Thank again, you, Trevor. Trevor. Yeah, good to talk to you again, too. Long time no see. Yeah, just a few <laughs> days. we, we, we got to make a habit out of this. Yeah, absolutely. Let's do it. <laughs> uh, Trevor, I know you're busy. We're going to hop into the first question here. You attended high school at Carlsbad High School in Carlsbad, New Mexico. Uh, as a junior, you went 9-2 and two with the 0.70 ERA. And you also had 122 strikeouts and led your team to the 6A state championship. Tell us about that game and what you were feeling when you were pitching in the championship game. Oh, man. I mean, just to take it back a little bit, just how we got there is just incredible. Um, it's a it's a three-day little tournament. Uh, New Mexico's uh, kind of small, so it's just it's kind of short. So we get in, and the quarterfinal game, it's early, about 10 o'clock game start. And uh, me and this uh, other guy for El Dorado that's starting, uh, Nate Garley, he he went on to win the player of the year that year. And it was kind of a, a big matchup. He was a big guy over in Albuquerque. Now he's a big guy over in Carlsbad. And, uh, we duked it out. I mean, it was a dogfight. Uh, they went up, I think it was three to one, uh, bottom of the seventh. We were down to our last strike. And my catcher Eric Hernandez hits a, uh, I think two run or the ba- either the bases were loaded, or there's two runners on in the, uh, hits it to the wall and we ended up uh, taking the lead five to three or something like that. Then I come in and shut the door, and then uh, game off, um, and uh, they come out swinging uh, Volcano Vista. We we're down I think five to nothing in the very first inning. Come back to beat them seven five, and uh, state championship was, it was just crazy. 
Uh, we put up one run in the first, and the game goes scoreless through the next seven innings. So we go into extras. Um, I'm gassed. I'm getting tired. Uh, I entered the game, I think, in about the second or third inning. Because in the state championship, there's a 12, there was a 12-inning pitch limit. So I was just going to do uh, that. I did the, I think, second through the ninth, I believe. I could be wrong. Something, something around there. And they, they tie up the game late. And then, uh, I mean, we're just scratching, trying to get anything going for us. And uh, my third baseman, Seth O'Gean, hits a absolute rocket to center field, gets a triple, I think, with one out. And then the guy that uh, ended up closing the game, Josh Chavarria, hits a sack fly, uh, brings in the uh, go-ahead run. We're up 2-1. to one. And uh, he goes in. We get three outs and close it off. And uh, we were state champs. And I mean, it was – to be completely honest, if it were to happen again, we should probably wouldn't have even got out of that first game now that uh, we look look back on it. But it was, everything would just went our way, and we got we got lucky a lot, and it was just, it was an unbelievable time. Yeah, I, I know playing high school ball what it is to be in those unbelievable times. Uh, let's go on to. Uh, your final season at Carlsbad High. Uh, you pitched three no-hitters in your final season there. You posted an 11-0 record, an amazing 0.33 ERA, and you racked up 134 strikeouts versus just 13 walks. Now, as far as I'm concerned, that is amazing. Most pitchers never, ever throw an, a no-hitter in their lifetime, whether it's high school ball or college ball or pro ball. Uh, looking back, what were your thoughts when you completed your third no-hitter? Um, I couldn't, I didn't even know it was my third one, to be honest with you. It was, it was crazy when I found out that that was my third one. And I mean, it was kind of a big accomplishment for me. I mean, I'm, I'm just trying to go out there and give my, give my guys a chance to win. And, uh, I really pride myself on pounding the strike zones, being having good control of all my pitches and uh, it, it just turned out really well, and I had a fantastic year and uh, really ended my high school baseball career the way I wanted to. Mm-hmm. And uh, after that, after your high school career, of course, you committed to Texas Tech University and played college baseball there. Uh, can you give us a reason why you chose Texas Tech over some great college teams like such as University of Miami, who made it a tradition of getting to the College Baseball World Series after year after year? You know, being me, me being a Miami fan myself, <laughs> um, yeah. I was wondering why'd you pick Texas Tech over University? Was it uh, just the school itself felt comfortable there? What was the reason uh, behind that? Um, the school itself, I really, I really love the school, and I have a lot of family over in Lubbock, and. Uh, I just really liked where the program was going. Uh, I think they just uh, – they've been to a College World Series before. Uh, I think they won the Big 12, uh, I think, that year as well. Uh, got caught short um, that year, I believe. And um, I just really love the coaching staff and the atmosphere they were bringing in. And um, I just I just really believe that if I had went there, we would have been competing for a national championship and – um, it was just it was just a great fit, and I just had that sense about me. If like this this was the one, uh, I didn't I didn't need to go any further, and 
that's that's why I made my decision. Oh uh, well, just to continue on that thought, uh, what are what are uh, colleges showed interest in you? Um, the two local colleges in my home state, uh, New Mexico State UNM, uh, University of New Mexico, uh, University of San Diego, uh, University of Arkansas, uh, Vanderbilt and I were having talks of, uh, scholarship and, uh, and then there was uh, quite a few others. Those are, uh, U- University of Arizona and Arizona State, uh, University of Florida, um, and there's quite a few others, but those are the only ones I can name off the top of my head. Okay, well, uh, look, you made the right choice for yourself. That's a certainty. Um, yeah. Now, you in 2017, you were considered one of the top prospects uh, by Major League Baseball and the draft. Uh, you mm-hmm. were selected by the Marlins 13th overall. What What was your first thought when you found out you were drafted by the Marlins? Uh, I was was very, very happy with where I was chosen. I mean, um, knowing that my, I watched my cousin play for the Marlins back in the day. And now that uh, I'm kind of in his shoes and with the Marlins now, uh, it it was, it was really, really good time. I really, really enjoyed it, uh, especially now being uh, picked by the Marlins. Well, it turns out that your cousin happens to be one of my favorite Marlins, Cody Ross. And uh, <laughs> i got to ask you, has he given you advice about playing pro ball, and do you speak with him on a regular basis about the game? Um, not as much as I want to. Uh, I mean, he's busy raising his kids, and they're busy over here playing baseball, so we our schedules are kind of packed. And uh, But he did give me some pointers um uh, leading up to the draft, and him and his dad, and uh, they're they're always a phone call away, and I, I really appreciate everything that they did, and um, it really meant a lot. Yeah, well, I have to tell um, you, to share one more, a little story with you, Nick, before you come back on here. Uh, I took my boys, uh, you know, when they were younger, to FanFest, and uh, they met Cody Ross. And he was really good with my kids. Uh, One of my boys actually told Cody Cody, that we have a dog named Cody as well and that we named the dog after him. Cody loved it by saying, now I am famous. And I'll never forget that. He had such a great smile on his face. He made my kids feel important. He was just incredible. And I just wanted to share with you uh, my feelings about Cody Ross. Oh yeah, yeah. Cody's a great guy. Uh, came up really good family, and uh, really, really love Cody and his family. Really do. Mm-hmm. And in 2018, uh, going back to the questions here, Trevor, uh, you were with the Greensboro Grasshoppers and spent your whole season down there. Uh, what mm-hmm. was the big difference that you noticed between going from college ball? To you know, going to the Marlins rookie division and playing for Green, for Greensboro. How did, how what was the difference there? Was it harder? Like, were you used to it? What was the difference? Uh, it was definitely a lot, um, a lot harder. Um, I never never went to college, so it was just straight from high school to pro ball. And I mean, it was they're definitely a lot more disciplined. But then again, the low A uh, Sally League, they were very aggressive. So I kind of had to fight the two, 
And, um, I mean, I, I worked and, uh, I was very pleased to where, uh, I ended the year and to where I started. And I mean, my stats don't really show that, but I mean, I'm content with how well I did. And, um, I mean, it's, it's a process and that's my first full season. And, um, yeah, I was, I was, I was very pleased to see how things turned out. Hello? There, you got a question? There? Okay, well, Barry's gone. Sorry about that, Trevor. But uh, we're going to dive into the next question here. Um, If there were no speed bumps in your development, of course, the thoughts I would be seeing you in the show and joining the rotation sometime around 2021 – Knowing that you've accomplished so far, can you see yourself in the show before 2021 or after? Uh, I would say right around there, 2020, 2021. Um, my goal is to be in the show another two years, three years max. And um, I mean, we're just, we'll just see what happens and uh, go from there. I mean, and I, I understand it's a process. you got to have patience with these things. And even though it's tough at times to have patience, but I mean, uh, it'll come with patience and God's timing. Mm-hmm. And Trevor, going back to you know making the transition from college ball to, of course, coming to the Mall's organization, uh, it's always a tough process with any MLB player. And you, know, you coming in there, you know, I I thought you were playing pretty well. You know, it was I, I guess you could say I guess it was a little bumps in the road, but there's always room for improvement with every single ball player out there. And, you know, I just, you know, when the Marlins drafted you in 2017, I was very excited. I thought that we have our future pitcher right here. Um, But, yeah, we're just, you know, we're really looking forward to um, working with the Marlins here. Uh, Barry Barry is back. He disconnected, unfortunately. But, uh, Barry, I know you still have questions for Trevor. So, Barry, dive right in here. If he's here, Oh, well, something's going on with Barry right now. Uh, Trevor, I'm actually going to ask you a question about the uniforms. Uh, you saw my fan fest. The new colors, the new logo, the new stadium. Uh, are you a fan of the new jerseys and everything, or are you a fan of the old stuff? Oh, I absolutely love the new uniforms. absolutely love them. The new colors. Uh, I mean, the short time I've been here, I think they really represent the city of Miami and uh, the culture that it brings with it. I mean, I can't. I'm I'm very pleased, very pleased with these new uniforms. Yeah, they definitely bring out the real Miami color with the black and blue. And no, I'm definitely a absolutely. big fan of that. Yeah. Uh, Trevor, also another question. Another question here. Do you see you know the Marlins coming in here? Of course, tearing down the roster. Of course, uh, back then, back in 2017, and bringing you in, bringing all the young pitchers in trying to build a young, stable franchise. Do you believe what Jeter's doing? I know you're playing under Jeter must be amazing, but do you believe this team has what it takes to compete before 2021, or what do you think is going on here? Oh, man, that's a tough question. Uh, I, I really do think this uh, this franchise and this organization is definitely going to be in for the long haul. Uh, I mean, we're going to be winning championships for years to come, and 
I mean, uh, Jeter, Gary Dimbo, all those guys came from uh, uh, the Yankees, and they don't take anything less in championships. Um, I'd, I would probably say, yeah, I mean, this, just like uh, anything else, this takes time. Uh, I know they're probably going to be frustrated, uh, all the fans are, but uh, we're not doing this to do a little two- to three-year run. We're doing this for the long haul. Uh, they deserve it just as much as we do. So I, I would say around 2020, 2021, probably around there is when we'll probably see uh, Lamar start turning it around. And, you know, this team, yeah, you're right on that. You know, uh, we got all these young pitchers coming in, Sandy Alcantara, uh, recent trade with, of course, JT Real Muto bringing in, you know, some young prospects, Sico Sanchez being the main one out of that one, of course. But spring training around the corner, Trevor, you got you're ready to go. All season's finally over. Um, are you I ready know, for spring? Are you ready? Are you getting hyped? <laughs> you ready oh, to go? I'm so ready. I, I, I enjoyed the off season with my folks and my family and my girlfriend. And, uh, but, I mean, it's it, it was time to leave and get ready to play some baseball again. And um, I, I'm, I'm itching to get back out there and start competing again. Mm-hmm. And, Trevor, do you, uh, do you actually live down here in Miami or are you always going back to your hometown of New Mexico or is it just kind of in between? Um, in the off season, I tend to stay in my neck of the woods in New Mexico and Texas, uh, spend as much time with my family as I can, uh, while I'm over here playing ball and don't get to see them as much as I want to. So I usually just stick around there unless the Marlins need me back here for something, then, then I fly back. Uh, also Trevor, when you got drafted back in 2017, who was the one to give you the call saying that, Hey, you're going to be a Miami Marlin, or was it the commissioner, Rob Manford, who you just went up there and took it? Like, did someone give you a call before? And if so, who was it? Um, being at the draft, I, I had no idea. Um, I kind of figured, uh, or I kind of knew where I was going to be. It was right around where I got picked, uh, 12, 13, 14, 15, right in there. And, uh, but I gave my phone to my mom and my mom and dad were sitting right behind me because my phone was about to die. So I just gave it to them. And, um, I hear my dad on the phone and, uh, later, I guess to find out it was my agent. And, uh, so then uh, uh, perfect timing, I turn, turn around and see my dad pointing his finger to the ground saying, gesturing like this pick right here to my mom. And then my heart just started beating like you wouldn't believe, like out of my chest. And then Mr. Manfred goes up there and says with the 13th pick, Miami Marlins select, and he called my name. And uh, it was it was just crazy. And to top it off, that was my dad's birthday that day. So it it it, it was definitely icing on the cake for him. And uh, I turned around and hugged him and said happy birthday and a little tears involved and, Hugged my mom and yeah. put on the jersey and walked up there. It was, I'll never forget it as long as I live. That's a surreal moment, man. Like, you know, getting drafted on the big stage, always every little kid's dream, and you going up there and, you know, picking so well you did in high school and getting com- coming out right up, right from high school into the draft is, uh, is truly amazing. Uh, Barry, are you back? I think he's back. Right? Yeah, yeah. Hey, listen, hey, I've been there he is. 
Hey, yeah, hey, yeah. Yeah, hey, guess what? I didn't pay my my uh, my phone bill. No, that's not true. Uh, <laughs> anyways, I don't know what happened, but I am back, and I, you know, I just let Nick go ahead and uh, asking all these great questions of you. Uh, I got to ask you this though: What do you like best about playing ball in Florida? And what's the difference between Florida and Carlsbad? Uh, oh man. Uh, not dissing on Carlsbad, any of us, the truth. Uh, we have, there's a lot of green grass over here in Florida. Uh, not a whole lot around where I live, uh, living in the desert. So, I mean, I definitely love how it's green pretty much all year round. Love, uh, love the weather. Uh, humid could definitely take it out of you a little bit. I mean, the seafood, uh, the people, uh, I mean, everything. everything's great. I, I really enjoy my time here in Florida. Well, we're glad to have you in Florida. You're you're definitely a welcome addition, especially the the Miami Marlins and, of course, the great fans of the Miami Marlins. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. And, Trevor, actually, I got one last question to ask you before uh, we wrap this up. Trevor, what number will you be wearing uh, during spring? Um, uh, 38, I believe. 38. All right, so when I go down to Jupiter, I'll be screaming your name out, Trevor, and you'll be right behind that, and I expect a wave, and uh, no, it'll be good to see you down there. I know you're going to do great. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Looking forward to it. Yeah, we'll both right, be there, I can assure you. <laughs> All right, Trevor, well, thank you so much for coming on tonight. Uh, Barry, uh, I know we had a little bit of a technical difficulty, but, uh, you know, you're back now. Trevor, thank you so much for coming on tonight. We wish you nothing but the best. We can't wait to see you at the top of this rotation and very, very soon. We can't wait to see you on top of the rotation. We wish you nothing but the best going into spring. Well, thank you. I appreciate it. Thanks for having me on, guys. No problem, Trevor. Have a good night. You too. All right, guys, that was just Trevor Rogers, 2017 first-round pick. Uh, great dude, great guy to talk to. Uh, you know, he is the future down here, and we all believe it when he got drafted. Uh, great guy to talk to. But before we get into our next topic, will, of course, be the hot topic, the JT Real Muto trade. We will be heading into break really fast. And when we get back, we will be talking about JT Real Muto and recapping the trade. And me and Barry will be giving our grades out. We'll be back. Tune in this Tuesday to Episode 7 of FanCast. Our host will break down the acquisition of JT Realmuto and what it means for the Phillies and their offseason. What's next in the pursuit of Harper and Machado? Make sure to tune in. All right, guys, we are back here from the break. As we will dive right into the next topic, JT Real Muto has been traded to the Philadelphia Phillies for Jorge Alfaro, Tito Sanchez, Will Stewart, and international bonus pool money. We were I wasn't expecting him to go to Philly, and neither I don't think was Barry either, but we are going to break down the whole trade as the trade, of course, happened a few days ago. Uh, Barry will go right after me but I will just be recapping uh, the players that we got back. So first, my favorite, of course, is Cito Sanchez, and I do think that this guy will be on top of the rotation as well, coming in at only 20 years old. And he is described by a Marlin official as a high-ceiling pitcher 
who they've scouted for a very, very long time. He is, in fact, the number one prospect on MLB Pipeline and Baseball America. I think Steve Sanchez was a great return. He's got a great fastball. People are a little concerned about his injuries in the past, but I think Sito's ready to go. Uh, he looks ready to go. Michael Hill says he, he thinks he's ready to go 100%. And, you know, I think Sito Sanchez is the main guy in this trade. Jorge Alfaro, 25 years old, catcher, is going to be replacing J.P. Romuto this season as, you know, of course, Romuto going. Alfaro's arm, everyone is saying he has a cannon behind home plate. I went back, watched a few tapes. And this guy can throw the baseball. I'm telling you, you guys should be excited about Jorge Alfaro coming in. People are saying, you know, he's always trying to swing for the fences. I talked to a few Phillies fans. Everyone says they like him. He says he's a great player to have. Um, of course, working with Denbo, of course. And Mattingly will shape him up pretty well. I think Alfaro, 100%, will be the starting catcher going into opening day. Chad Wallach will follow as the backup. But I do think that Jorge Alfaro was a great addition to the team. Uh, definitely to replace. Romuto, and then, of course, we still got Will Banfield down in the farm system, who I think is a great, great guy to have in the farm system as he has a ton of potential. And, of course, Will Stewart um, is kind of the wild card in here as, you know, he was throwing. He was a third piece. We weren't expecting Will Stewart to come in. He's 21 years old. Uh, He's got a crazy ground ball rate and low strikeout rate. So kind of like a Brad Ziggler kind of pitcher, not as a reliever, but the way he pitches. He is not a submarine pitcher. He hits for, he pitches for ground balls. He doesn't pitch for strikeouts. Uh, this guy would be great to have. Uh, people view him as a second on this team. I don't necessarily agree with that. I agree that he is talented, but we have a very, very good pitcher prospect on this roster. And, you know, in total of what we could have gotten, Dellinger um, was not offered. The Braves were only going to offer Austin Riley and a little bit right after that. Braves offer, no. They were out of there. The Astros, they were refusing to give up Forrest Whitley and Kyle Tucker. And I think this trade was the best way we gone. We got the most out of this. And I'm going to give this trade a B plus. I think if I gave it an A, we'd be asking for too much. A B plus is right where it stands. And Daichi Romuto, the hot topic is finally past us. We can move on, look at a free agent closer if we need to. Pitchers catchers report is tomorrow. We will be getting into all that spring training stuff later. And seeing how the guys do in spring will be great. I know me and Barry will, of course, we will be down there. Um, and if you guys want to know where to get your tickets at, we should go to stubyard.com, and we will be getting 10% off all, all tickets with the promo code BPN10. That's right. So we're, if you head over to Stubyard like us, you put in the promo code BPN10, you get 10% off on any tickets you, you purchase. Now, Barry, I know I sold the mic here a little bit, but I'll let you get into your opinions about the Real Muto trade on who we got back and your grade. Well, I happen to totally 100% love this trade. I'm going against you, Nick, on this, though. Uh, we got an A deal out of this, not a B plus. Uh, this is the best deal on the table. Uh, the Phillies anteed up, and uh, these are players that are all going to have a bearing and a, and, a, and a very positive effect on the Marlins in the future. Now, I'm going to tell you right now, on opening day, I believe we're going to see Alfaro being part of the opening day roster. Uh, he's coming right on, a board, on, on board. 
You don't want to miss this guy pitch. He, he is absolutely unbelievable. He's under control for the next five seasons, and he possesses the massive tools, the arm, the power, the overall athleticism that made him the centerpiece of the trade that the Phillies did uh, for lefty Cole Hamels at the non-waiver uh, deadline in 2015. Uh, I'll tell you what, the, the guy's incredible. There's no doubt in my mind. As far as the rest of the players are concerned, they're still at work. Uh, they've got a ways to go, but they will have a very, very positive effect on the Marlins 2020, 2021, 2022. Look for these guys. You will not be disappointed in any way, shape, or form. These guys are the future of the Marlins. And, again, I grade them an A as far as the trade is concerned. Now, Barry, uh, I want to get your thoughts on Cito Sanchez as, you know, coming in here, he is actually the number 27 prospect in the 2019 MLB Pipeline uh, rankings. Uh, Can I get your thoughts about Cito and where you see him in the near future for the fish? Again, uh, this guy is uh, a high-ceiling pitcher. Uh, the the uh, Marlins scouted him, and they evaluated him over a long period of time. Uh, they envisioned the Phillies forming the number one pick, uh, joining the prize of the Stanton trade. Uh, you know, let's, let's be realistic. Uh, he's a hard-throwing pitcher, and uh, that's what you need in today's ballgame. You know, the days of the pitchers that were pitching 75, 80 miles an hour, they're becoming dinosauric, so you got to have pitchers that can pitch 90, 95, and 100 miles an hour. And the Sixto is one of those players that is going to deliver as far as I'm concerned. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I think, um, you know, Sixto definitely, I think, was the centerpiece in the deal. Uh, I do love the trade for the Marlins. Again, I am not going to give it an A due to, number one, how long it took for the Marlins to finally get their guy, and you know, it was just a very, very long process. Finally, we are past it. Uh, thank goodness, right? <laughs> but moving yeah, on. Yeah, but wait, wait a second, Nick, 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 come yeah. on. Let's, let's talk about this for a second here. It was a long process. Why are you downgrading it? Because we got a haul of players that are extremely exciting and very, very good. So don't downplay it at this point. These are the future of the Marlins, and we got – a package that we can not only live with, but we can be excited about. So as far as I'm concerned, oh, yeah, no that A stands. Yeah. That A stands. There's no, no doubt about it, Nick. No, no doubt about it. You're right. You're right. But, you know, I just feel like that. I don't know. I just got feeling it's got to give it a B plus. I'm not going to give it an A yet. It wasn't – I don't think we won the trade. That's why I'm not going to give it an A. I thought it was a very, very even trade. J2 Amuto obviously is a high – high, high-value player. And, you know, I did think Jorge Alfaro was a steal. I do think we could develop him to be a very, very good catcher. I think Sanchez, I think he is fantastic. But, again, J2 Romuto is officially betrayed to the Phillies. We the best year on the catch podcast. Moving on to the trade that happened earlier was Nick Wickren the Marlins reliever getting traded to the Cleveland Indians. 
Uh, we swapped him in for right, right-hander Jordan Milbrath. And we got back Austin Bryce and we claimed him off waivers from the Orioles and designated Isaac Galloway for assignment to make room on the 40-man roster. Uh, Nick Wickren I did like. I thought actually had a lot of potential here. Uh, he's been here for a long time, actually. Uh, being 27 years old, you know, the Phillies, I think, are getting another steal here. I thought he was very good with the Marlins. Uh, last year, putting up only 11 earned runs with a 2.94 ERA in 32 games. I thought Nick Wickren uh, was stable here. I didn't think we should have given him up. But, yeah, Nick Wickren is on the move. We are bringing back Austin Bryce, who I did like. I thought he was very – you know, I didn't think he really broke out here yet. Um, I definitely think he has some work to do. But uh, I did meet him at FanFest. <laughs> nice guy. He definitely probably uh, head into the bullpen. And Jordan Milbrath, too, as well. We can work with him as well. Being 27 years old, we'll be in the Marlins organization. Barry, can I get your thoughts about us trading Nick Wickren? Do you think it was a smart idea, or do you think that we should have held on to him? I'm going to miss Nick Wickren. There's no doubt in my mind. The guy was a class act all the way, on the field, off the field. Uh, I think Marlins gave him away, to tell you the truth. Uh, yeah, we got good players in return, but you don't give a – a player uh, like Nick uh, Wickren to another team. Uh, he had the character to be in the position that he was in. He could have been a great benefit to the Marlins, so I'm definitely going to miss him as well. Now, as far as Austin Bryce is concerned, I met him also at, uh, at Fan Fest, and I had a pretty nice conversation with him. And uh, this guy is exciting. He's got – He's got work to do, but once he masters his, his trade, this guy is going to be a battler. He's somebody that you can get excited about as well, and I'm rooting for Austin Bryce. He's going to be a great addition to the Marlins staff at one time or another. And um, before we get into our next topic, our next topic will be Curtis Granderson and his signing here, and following that will be Fan Fest and our recap. Before we get to that, we are going to head into another break and we'll be back very shortly. Hi, I'm Anthony, co-host of Pinstripe Talk this Wednesday at 5 o'clock. We go over everything going on in the world of the New York Yankees. From Manny Machado and the deal he was offered by the Yankees, to Aaron Judge and the comments he made regarding Bryce Harper potentially moving positions if the Yankees attempt to go after the superstar. And with pitchers and catchers just around the corner, we break down the rotation, the bullpen, and, of course, the catchers. All this and more on America's baseball team, the New York Yankees, on Pinstripe Talk this Wednesday at 5 o'clock. Don't miss it, baseball fans. I like that, Anthony, guys. Uh, wonder will, wonder, when will Manny Machado find his deal? But coming back, guys, from that ad. Uh, before we jump into the Curtis Granderson, we have some news about our merch uh, that we have released um, a, like a month ago, actually, is the Lewis Brinson Hometown Kid t-shirt design. Uh, basically, you shot, go over, head over to Baseball Podcast Net Instagram, click the bio for the website, and head over to the shop. It is the Hometown Kid Lewis Brinson t-shirt. Um, I personally have one myself. I think it's a great t-shirt to have. Um, you know, Lewis Brinson, of course, being the hometown kid from the Florida area, uh, born in Coral Springs. Uh, yeah, just a great t-shirt. 
I think you guys should definitely get it. I definitely recommend it. Just head over there to the Baseball Podcast Network Instagram. Head over there, click on the shop, and make sure to purchase one of those tees as Bruce Brinson actually did. Sign my jersey, but now I'm going to head over there with my hometown kid t-shirt as well. But anyway, guys, moving to this topic, Curtis Granderson signing with the Miami Marlins to a minor league deal with the invite to spring training. Uh, was at FanFest, so that's kind of – I think that's signs that he will possibly make the roster. Very cheap deal, $1 million. Um, I think this is, uh, this is great. We do have Austin Dean. We have Sierra. We have, we have a bunch of players. Anderson actually will be moving to third base. I will be getting into that uh, later. But Curtis Granderson, a great veteran signing to help out Lewis Brinson and Monte Harrison and Victor Victor Mesa, of course. Um, Curtis Granderson is loved by everyone. He's respected by everybody. He's been everywhere in the league, Mets, Tigers, Yankees. And I think Granderson was a fantastic signing. I know he's at 37. He's on the down of his years. He's on, of course, the downhill of his uh, years. He's getting a little old. But, you know, that's not a problem. Curtis Granderson's still been a very valuable piece to have. I trust Granderson. I think he's going to do great this season. And I do think he will be in the opening day lineup. Uh, either batting second or on the behind five, maybe at six or seven. Barry, let's get your opinions on Curtis Granderson signing with the Marlins on a one-year minor league deal with an invite to spring training. Let's get your uh, thoughts. Well, I love Curtis Granderson. I've always been a fan of Curtis Granderson. Uh, I think this is a great move on Granderson's part. Uh, He signed a one-year deal for a million dollars. Well, guess what? That's a show-me deal. Show me that I can still play the game. Show them, the owners around the league, that I can still become become a factor on any team out there. And uh, just maybe, just maybe before the trade deadline, you might see a flurry of activity wanting the services of Curtis Granderson. In between, though, he's going to be a mentor for the Marlins and their outfield, their young outfield. Uh, he's going to show in the major league way. Uh, as far as I'm concerned, it was a great signing by the Marlins, but don't be surprised, as I said, come uh, a trading deadline that you see teams asking or inquiring about Curtis Granderson's availability, depending on how good he shows uh, during his tenure as a Marlin. Yeah, Granderson, we actually tend to see that a lot here in, of course, the um, MLB teams sign players for very, very cheap, and they tend to actually go off. And we've seen it in the likes of Jose Bautista as well, um, of course, getting traded. Um, and it happens, you know, John Jay as well. Uh, if Granderson does break out, if he hits over 260, 270, don't be surprised if Miami tries to move him for a couple more prospects, and that's what Miami is here to do. But actually, coming off that, there is was breaking news earlier about Derek Jeter and how he is impatient with the roster, and he wants to win now. And reading that, I got a little confused by saying he wanted to win now when he traded away all of his stars. But again, he had to. He had no choice. But yeah, uh, Barry, what's your thoughts about that breaking news earlier today about Jeter wanting to win now, he's growing impatient with the roster. What are your thoughts about that? I am totally, completely, 100% shocked by his choice of words that he wants to win now. How can we win now? We're in a building phase or rebuilding phase. Uh, Why did you trade away all your great players? 
now it's coming back to haunt him. You know, he, he's a competitor. There's no doubt in my mind. Uh, but I, as I said in an earlier broadcast, why did you say both these players, you had a core offensive team and a defensive team that was very, very good, and you were just sort of some pitchers uh, down the road, and you could have been a playoff contender last year. Or and if you kept them together, maybe a playoff contender this year with a few additions. So it's confusing to me. It's shocking to me that Jeter would say this at this particular point in time. Unless, of course, he's trying to draw up support for the fans to come out and see the Miami Marlins play. <laughs> yeah, I'm a little shocked about that, too. You know, I do trust Jeter. I do believe in what he's doing. But for him to come out and saying that he's getting impatient and he wants to win now, it may be good signs. Maybe saying that, hey, I think we can win now is what he said. And maybe he believes that the team he put on the field could be potential winners. I don't know what he's trying to say. All I know is that I don't think we really had a choice. We if we weren't just short one or two pitchers. We really needed a new uh, rotation. Now that we got Alcantara, Pablo Lopez, Dan Straley, Jose Urania, uh, definitely room for all uh, four of those guys to improve. Of course, Caleb Smith coming back is great help as well. Uh, I like all those pitchers in the rotation. I'm guessing Jeter's route is just I don't know what he's thinking, but you know he's you know Jeter's you no know, their front office is. They know more than us. Remember that. So, you know, it's whatever. I guess it's a little confusing again, but what are you going to do? But anyway, jumping in to the next topic, this Saturday was Fan Fest, 3 p.m. to 7 p.m. Great time. Me and Barry both went. Uh, Fantastic. Great to see all the support there. Met a lot of fans of my mom's Instagram account. I appreciate you guys so much for coming out. And, uh, you know, chilling out, chilling with me, uh, saying what's up and everything. I appreciate you guys coming out so much. And you know, talking about the podcast as well, uh, me and Barry actually made business cards and passed them around to some players and a lot of you fans there. And I noticed at FanFest, I saw so many fans there. And I'm saying to myself, why can't we have this during the game? And, again, of course, it was free. Uh, I was I was like, yo, come on, we need to have the support during the games. But that was good to see. Good to see a lot of fans are still sticking with the team. Of course, they wanted to see what the new stadium was going on with and the jerseys of all the players and how it was going. An update on the stadium is that they are still under construction. They closed off the whole outfield area. So the whole outfield area is closed up. No one can access it except, except of course, the workers. And they are still working on it. Looking at it now, I would I would be surprised if it is open by by opening day. I mean, it should be open by opening day because, of course, you got to hit homers out there. But um, you know, by looking at it, it, I don't see how they can get it done that quick. And you know, they're they're working on it. But anyway, Fan Fest was a huge success. Of course, they had the stadium closed due to the rain. Me and Barry had a great time there. There was some breaking news there. Brian Anderson will be playing. Third base this season, the new Billy the Marlin was released. Uh, we're just going to go right on the Billy the Marlin topic. Barry, I want to get your thoughts on the new Billy the Marlin, um, Billy the Marlin mascot. I was, I have mixed emotions about it. Uh, Barry, what, what do you think about it? Oh, my God. That's all I have to say. Oh, my God. <laughs> I missed I miss the old Billy the Marlin. Uh, hey, look, the new one. Hey, look, the new one's going to grow on us. We know that. But it was sort of a shock for me to see Billy the Marlin in his current state. 
Uh, also, just to change gears a little bit, uh, I know you met up with Pablo, who was on our show recently, and you had a pretty good conversation with him. And uh, tell us about that, Nick. Yeah, Pablo, uh, saw him there. Great guy. You know, I, I have a ton of respect for him. He very tall in real life. <laughs> a lot of these players are very tall in real life. But, you know, it was great speaking up with him, asking how the podcast was. We thought it was great. I also actually met Jeff Brigham there as well, who was previously on our podcast as well. Great guy. He um, he seemed very excited. He was on there. I told him, hey, you know, um, what's the, I, was, I was like, hey, I'm Nick from the Mall News. I'm, I, you're on my podcast. And he goes, oh, really? Oh, I love what you guys are doing, man. That's great. And I, was, I felt great inside that he was doing, that he was, you know, he was happy to be on there. It really made me feel uh, good inside. Before we head into more of the Marlins uh, Fan Fest, we have to head to one more break. And when we get back, we'll be talking about Brian Anderson to third base, of course, wrapping up the Billy the Marlins uh, uh, thing. I will talk a little bit more about that when we get back from break. But we'll be right back from intermission. Hi there. This is Jake from the Amazing Mets podcast, co-hosted with John from Mets Updates. This week, I just want to let you know that you should tune in because we'll be talking about all the things the Mets should be doing leading up to the season, and we'll be talking about the spring training decisions that have to be made. Make sure to tune in this week, uh, every Thursday at 7 p.m. This week, we might have a bit of a later time, so check check your listings. Okay, guys, we are back. Uh... So, yeah, I'm going to give you guys my thoughts on Billy DeMarlin. Uh, I was a little shocked, actually. The nose was a little smaller, I'm guessing. His face kind of reconstructed a little bit. His name is still Billy, thank goodness. Hopefully, that, thank God that didn't change. Uh, no, I I guess it's got to grow on me. It's very new to me. The, you know, the head looks a little longer than usual. But, you know, it's got to grow on me. You know, Billy's, of course, a very known guy at the park. But, uh, yeah. Going into Brian Anderson, Don Magnley announced at Mullen Fan Fest, Brian Anderson will be starting at third base on opening day. Well, of course, you got to go through spring training, of course. He's healthy enough. Uh, I personally and 100% agree with this. When they kept saying he was going to play right field, I did not like it at all. His real position is we have outfielders that have to play that. And then you look at that, where will Martin Prado play if he's healthy for opening day? Um I guess you could try Martin Prado maybe in left field. I don't want to see Prado on the bench. So that's where I see Anderson at right field. People were saying, I understand now that what they're talking about. Uh, if Prado's healthy, he should definitely start, in my opinion. But, again, there's nowhere to put him because Starlin Castro's occupying second base. Riddle and Rojas are fighting for shortstop. Uh, Peter O'Brien, Neil Walker uh, fighting for first base. And, of course, Gary Cooper as well. Cooper could play outfield as well. Um, hopefully we find a place for Prado, but, you know, that's, that's a topic for another day. Let's see how he does in spring. Hopefully he is healthy to go. He's Captain Prot. You know, we all love him there. But Brian Anderson playing third base, I love. I actually think Anderson is a, is fantastic. He was third in the running for rookie of the year. I think Brian Anderson has what it takes to make it in this league, and he definitely showed it last year. Uh, Barry, your thoughts on Anderson? Where do you want Prado at? Do you, do you think this is smart that Mangley's going to put Anderson at third base? I think it's a great move, putting Anderson at third base at the expense of Prado. 
but there is a place for Prado because Prado could play as a utility man and get a lot of playing time. He can, uh, you know, uh, spell uh, Anderson at third base. He can play first base. He's a corner man. He can do that. Uh, I've seen him sag balls in the outfield, and in many cases I've seen him outrun some of the outfielders that are on the team. So he's a, he's a player. He'll do whatever it takes to get in that lineup. And when you're playing an American League team, of course, you can see him as the DH. Now, what did you, uh, another thought that comes to mind, what did you think of that report that the American League and the National League will be using the DH shortly? There's a proposal on the table for that. What are your thoughts there, Nick? Uh, I'm 100% with it. I do not think it will be this year. That'll happen, but I definitely do think it is in the near future. Very excited about that. But, again, the thing that kind of upsets me, you got pitchers like Mad Bum who hit the ball well. It's exciting to see the pitchers hit. But, you know, I think it's a very smart move that the DA is getting used as another batter. And it it would definitely it would be another problem for the Marlins. We'd probably put Prado at DH if he was, if it was a DH right now. But, um, yeah, I do like the idea. I, I like seeing that. Now is actually going to get a shot at having a DH, and people can't keep saying, "Hey, the American League's harder." You know, I mean, it's harder for the pitchers. Yeah, I mean, but you know, everyone says the AL is better, and I'm like, okay, well, that's you know, the NL is hard too. You got great pitchers in the division, but yeah, well, I like that idea. And very another thing's happening: the MLB is heading to London. Uh, the Yankees will be heading to London. I think it's this year or next year. But, Barry, what are your thoughts about that as London is getting involved in baseball just like it is with the NFL? Let's get your opinion on that. Well, it's about time. What have they been waiting for? The NFL had a jump on everybody. Uh, The NBA is now playing uh, uh, basketball with Mexico and uh, going over to Japan and other places as well. And here is the major leagues. And they haven't done anything. It's about time they got off their duff and did something about it, and that's finally a good move on their part. Uh, I cheer them for finally making the effort. Uh, There's no doubt in my mind we're going to develop more players by doing that. You put a team or or bring a team over to to, uh, London, and you let them play. You introduce baseball by showing America's finest team, the New York Yankees, 27-28 world titles. You bring them uh, with the Chicago Cubs. You can bring them with the Dodgers. You can bring them with just about any uh, star team out there today. And, uh, by the way, yes, I'm talking about other teams, but you know what? That star team in the future is going to be the Marlins, and they're going to go over there as well. They're going to be an excitement. And you know what's great about having the Marlins go over there in the future? It means more tourists coming over here from London. And, and, and from Ireland and other places over there to see the Marlins. So guess what? That's going to mean an opportunity for the Marlins to get more fans into the stadium. There's no doubt in my mind this is coming. The Marlins will be on that train, and that train is going to run fast. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we definitely got a while. Not that long, actually, maybe two to three years, just like Trevor Rogers said uh, earlier on the podcast, he said 2020 through, or 2021 at soonest. So he's saying next year we can start competing. And I love seeing that in him. And I know Trevor will be on the roster 
uh, when we, you know, when we're competing. And uh, yeah, we saw my fan fest. Going back to the fan fest topic, I know we draw, drew a little bit away from the Marlins here. Uh, fan fest was, um, you know, again very good, very good to go to. Seeing the ballpark, I was actually very surprised that in the ballpark there was not one thing of the old logo around. Everything that had the old logo was changed to the new logo. Like usually you would see maybe one or two mishaps there where they forgot to change it. Other than the uh, T-shirts that were passed out, the enrollment 2019 T-shirts with the old logo on it, uh, there was everything there. I did not see one thing of the old logo. Even the stadium, uh, the M for Marlins on Marlins Park on the outside of the stadium was, of course, changed to a generic M text. And, you know, the security guards are very nice there. Opening day, I'm sure, is going to be jam-packed. and that's usually the only game, unfortunately, that does get packed. And that will be the Miami Marlins versus the Colorado Rockies uh, Thursday. Hopefully, me and Barry are able to attend that. We'll definitely let you guys know in the, in my Instagram. Head over to Marlins underscore, underscore news. Uh, check out my story. I post a lot on there. I do post normally. I am uh, changing it up a little bit. I am going to revamp a little bit of the format and stuff that goes out to you guys, especially the breaking news coming very, very shortly. But, yeah, head over to, again, Marlins Double Underscore News uh, to get your Marlins updates over there and find out if we will both be attending uh, opening day. You know, it's just around the corner here. And going back to, to pitchers catchers report, as it is actually tomorrow for the fish. Um, hey, Nick, 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 before you do that, okay, I got to share something with you. I had an opportunity to walk around the stadium, and I had an opportunity to speak to a lot of the fans at Marlins Fan Fest. I will tell you at this point in time that a lot of them were very shocked at the look of the stadium as far as the uh, home run statue not being there was concerned. A lot of people were very sad that that thing was gone. Now, I know you like the fact that they moved it out. I am a a proponent that they should have never moved it out. And again, speaking with the fans, most of them shared my opinion that, again, Marlins Park is not like it was. That home run statue is something that should have been cherished and should have stayed there forever. And I just wanted to share that with you before you went on to your next topic. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree with you. A lot of people, you know, of course, are upset about the statue, but it's not like it's gone forever. Remember that's going to be outside, and of course, if it was gone forever, I guess I'd be a little sad, but I actually, I will be, I'll probably put up a poll either tonight after the podcast or tomorrow morning of, do you agree with the statue outside or inside? I will put a poll up, and we will reveal those numbers on the podcast on Monday night, or of course, I'll just reveal them. You'll see the percentage of them, but I'll just reveal how many votes got that, how many votes got this. So look for that either tomorrow morning or tonight after the podcast. But, yeah, moving on to pitchers' catching report. It is tomorrow in Jupiter as the Miami Marlins will head over there and the pitchers and catchers will report. And it will be Jorge Alfaro who reports to the Marlins uh, for – you know, of course, being catcher, him and Chad Wallach will be reporting. Sandy Alcantara will be reporting. All the starters who are on the 40-man roster will be reporting. I'm sure Trevor Rogers, Braxton Gary, I'm pretty sure all those guys will report too. But, you know, definitely exciting. This means baseball is almost here. 
long football season. I mean, of course, I love football, and it's almost over. And, you know, baseball is on its way. Right after the Super Bowl, I think baseball is ready to come as we are just inching, inching closer closer to it. And we will be going to actually last spring training game uh, this season. We cannot wait for it. And to see all the players, of course, a lot. Of, hopefully, the games are on TV this year. Uh, I just love watching them on TV uh, as well. Uh, of course, I love going down there, but when they're on TV, it's great. Uh, so hopefully, they have some games on TV. I know a lot of them won't be, of course, being in Jupiter. Uh, not a lot of games will be on TV. But we are down to our final last minute. Uh, just wanted to share some final news about you know the direction of the fish as Anderson at third base. Uh, Jorge Alfaro will be the starting catcher, and it's still a toss-up between Dan Straley and Jose Urania at for the opening day starter. Jose Urania will be, if he does get the nod, he will second year in a row, back-to-back opening day starts for him, uh, which is a great accomplishment, of course, in his career. The first pitch didn't go too well last year, unfortunately, uh, against the Cubs, Ian Haps, but you know, it's gonna be a hard fought battle. Of course, Dan Straley, I think, has what it got, has what he has what it takes to be an opening day starter as well. Be a good competition. Of course, having Straley on here previously, great guy as well. Uh, bringing family down, and everything. But uh, yeah, uh, that's all I got for today, Barry. If you want to say something, then I'll close up right after that. Well, I got to ask you a question before we do close out. Um, as far as I'm concerned. Uh, Yes, uh, I'm excited about the ballpark, the uh, new upcoming season and everything else. Uh, we've got the Miami Heat. we got the Miami Dolphins. Uh, you got the Florida Panthers, and you got the Miami Marlins. Which team do you think is going to make it to the big time, make the playoffs, make the World Series? Which team do you select to be the first one to make the city of Miami and the state of Florida, and all of our fans proud. Oof, that's a hard one. I'm going to have to eliminate the Panthers, no disrespect. Uh, I do think they are building a team, though, that could compete. But I'm going to have to go from between either the Heat or the Marlins, because the Dolphins are also tearing down the team. Uh, I'm going to go with the I'm going to go with the Marlins. I agree that the Marlins – I have to say the Marlins are – in a rebuild, they're, they're, they're going hard on this rebuild. I think they are ready to compete much sooner than all the other teams are. Um, and, yeah, but maybe, ladies and gentlemen, guys, next week we will be we will have the NLE's preview show potentially next week with our fellow colleagues, the, of course, the, the Mets, maybe the Phillies, um, maybe next week. So the NLE's preview show coming next week with, of course, either the Mets or the Phillies, or, of course, or of course maybe both of them. Uh, yeah, so we can't wait for that, talking to the other podcasts. Hopefully we don't get roasted too much <laughs> um, with them. But, guys, without further ado, thank you guys so much for joining the Mullins Catch podcast. Uh, uh, beyond next week when we go review the NL East. Uh, Barry, thank you, for com- thank you for, of course, again, joining me again. I appreciate you guys listening so much. Trevor, thank you again, and have a good night. We'll see you next week.
Catch is produced by Benson Vector. The Marlins Catch is a production of the Baseball Podcast Network. Be sure to give our host Nick a follow on Instagram at Marlins Double Underscore News. And follow the Marlins Catch on Instagram as well at the Marlins Catch. For more of the Marlins Catch content, be sure to head over to their website at themarlinscatch.com. And to check out the Baseball Podcast Network on their website, go to baseballpodcastnet.com. Be sure to follow the Baseball Podcast Network on all their social media platforms. Instagram, at Baseball Podcast Net. Twitter, at Baseball Podcast One. That's P-O-D-C-A-S-1. YouTube, at Baseball Podcast Network. And SoundCloud, at Baseball Podcast Network. Thank you for tuning in to the Marlins Catch. We'll see you next time.